Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, guys, welcome to the Rachel Zimmerman Show on KMOX. When I first set out to do this show a couple of months ago, I included something in my mission statement. I said that I wanted to highlight the best in what St. Louis has to offer. And that's something I stand by. I mean, there's plenty wrong with the city, but since I don't claim to know the solution to make everything better, I'd rather use my platform and my time on the air to focus on the positive rather than the negative. Okay, that being said, there are times when I get frustrated. Sometimes it feels like St. Louisans can't get out of their own way, me being one of them. Bill McClellan recently wrote an article for the Post-Dispatch that sort of sums it up. In the article, he says that St. Louis, when faced with change, will typically respond with, thanks, we're good. We're content with the way we are. I spoke to Bill on the phone about this phrase. Sure, yeah, I think that's just sort of the St. Louis zen, I think I call it. It's, it's, it's our attitude that uh, we're, we're not into self-improvement. You know, I've had people complain to me and go, you know, I don't know how you can uh, justify our attitude and we're not going anywhere. And I said, well, it's sort of like, you know, a fella who drinks a lot of beer and has a beer gut. And if you were to tell him, hey, if you just switched to water, you'd look better, you'd live longer. And the guy might say, I'm good, thanks. You know, that he's fine the way he is. And and that's sort of the way St. Louis is. I mean, people can uh, yap at us about the region would be stronger if we did this better together thing or any of that. And we always say, hey, we're fine. You know, that, that that's the point. On one hand, I totally I see and I appreciate your point. But on the other, I worry that attitude is going to hurt us. Do you worry that, too? Oh, you know, I I think we struggle along, and we could be. It's like the guy that drinks too much beer. We could be a better us. But on the other hand, you know, a lot of us think this is a nice place to live. And, you know, we don't have mountains and we don't have an ocean, but, but we, we do fine. And could we be better? Yes, of course we could. But uh, and, and obviously we're not doing well. I mean, our the the region is not growing, and uh, could we be doing a lot better? Yes, we could, but I just don't think that the region's really interested in doing a lot better. Yeah, so we're humming along, and we're we're kind of just grateful for what we have. We just came off of Thanksgiving, and that spirit of like, hey, we're doing well enough. That is very, very St. Louis, but the world is changing, and I worry that what's been good enough in the past isn't going to be good enough in the future. 
Well, that's true. And, and, you know, and if there were some way that we could, like, keep young people here, I was I was thinking of that during this whole uh, Sam Altman thing. I mean, you, you know, Sam grew up here in St. Louis and uh, so did Jack Dorsey. I mean, there's Twitter and uh, artificial intelligence and, and we don't really have any of it. And it, it's because kids grow up and, and they leave. And if there was some way we could keep them here, that that would be good. But I'm not sure that, uh, you know, if we had like better together and uh, the city and the county were together, whether that would really do it. Uh, Bill, I, I saw your article. I, I try to read your article as often as I can, but this one I saw got a lot of chatter on Twitter because people were a little upset with the attitude and like saying, like, this is the reason why we're not succeeding is this thanks we're good attitude. I'm wondering, do you ever do you read the co- comments very often whenever it comes to your articles? Uh, you know, I, I, I sometimes do. I, I almost always do if I'm writing something that I, I think I can uh, like if I'm writing about, say, a criminal case, and I think that maybe somebody who knows something might uh, comment. But when when it's just kind of an opinion piece, I, I often don't. And, and frankly, I, I didn't read any of the comments about this one. But I, I read my emails, and uh, some people take the time to e- email me, you know, at the newspaper email that's at the bottom of the story. And I read all of those and, and try to get back to everybody. I don't engage in long, uh, heated arguments. But I I did receive a number of emails from people who said that, uh, you know, this is symptomatic of our problems and somebody like you who could be pushing for us to get better. Instead, you embrace this attitude of mediocrity and we're sinking into oblivion. And, you know, so, so yes, I heard a lot of that. And I just say, you know, yeah, you're probably right. But, uh, (laughs) you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't get upset with anybody who disagrees with me because there's and and a lot of my friends are what I would call good government people. And uh, Bert Walker, I mentioned him in the column in the mid 90s. He was very involved in trying to, uh, if not merge the city and the county, just get a new structure. And Bert Walker was one of the most honorable men I've ever met. And and yet, you know, I I had the attitude even then, you know, thanks, we're good. And it, it, so it it does upset some of my friends who uh, think that you know we should push for self improvement. And I think, well, you know, I don't do it in my life. I mean, I'm not. Uh, going to the gym every other day to work out so <laughs> um i'm assuming being on donnybrook people people know what you look like so people are going to let you know in real life how they feel too does that ever happen at the grocery store or at the post office oh oh yeah i mean you know people sometimes stop to tell me i'm wrong about something but not not too much i mean this you know this is really a really nice community, a really nice region. And usually if anybody stops, stops me, it, it's just to say hello or, you know, hey, I watch or, you know, and people often will say like, I don't agree with you a lot of the time, but uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, p- people very seldom get upset just because they think my opinions are wrongheaded. And, and like I say, a lot of people do. And, you know, I, I really expected it with this column that a lot of people who you know want us to self improve and want us to be better really get annoyed at the attitude you know thanks we're good uh what do you enjoy more appearing on tv or writing your column 
What do I enjoy more? Yeah, being on Donnybrook. Well, or well you know, I, writing a column is what I did for my, you know, career living. I mean, I, I used to write four columns a week, and it was great fun, uh, not too stressful, just because you know we didn't have a lot of quality control. You know, as long as it was in and it fit, uh, hardly anybody said anything. But, but And that was immense fun. And I loved doing it, looking into it. The TV thing is a ball, too. I, I enjoy uh, my colleagues on Donnybrook. And, and there's not much work involved. I mean, you, you kind of show, show up late Thursday afternoon. And sometimes we'll talk about stuff that I'm really not too sure of, so I, I won't say much. <laughs> and and it, it's just fun. You know, when my wife watches the show, she'll usually say to me, why do you argue so much with Ray? Because, you know, <laughs> she really likes Ray Hartman, you know. But, but we're all old friends on that show now. There's so little turnover. And uh, right now I'm like – a kid who looks forward to his little league game as the highlight of his week, and that would be Donnybrook. I mean, come Thursday, I'm kind of excited. That great. So, so I I enjoy that a lot. Uh, writing a column is often work, but but it's it's still fun. I mean, I get to if there's something I want to look into, I get to look into it. You know, I've I've really been blessed with a career like this. You know, as a Donnybrook fan, that makes me really happy that you look forward to being there on Thursday so much. Bill, I'm curious, just doing this as long as you have the media climate, it, how much has it changed over the years, if at all? Oh, well, it used to be so much easier. Uh, you know, people might not have, you know, had a great respect for reporters, but they didn't actively dislike them. And, and of course, when the paper was much larger, it wasn't nearly as much work. I mean, if, if you know, guys would, and women would would often go to the Missouri Grill and have a couple of beers in the afternoon, and and uh, somebody could always pick you up because we had so many reporters. And now, when I uh, drop by the paper, the the newsroom, there's so few people, and the young people that work on the paper today have to work so much harder than my colleagues and I had to work, you know, 25 years ago. It's just, and, and plus there's that whole attitude of the mainstream media and we don't trust you, which we didn't have back then. I mean, there was not the hostility towards reporters that there is now. I mean, the the, the young people today, I mean, they they really have to overcome a lot. I'm I'm impressed that they can put out a paper every day, really. Do you see that attitude ever going away, that whole hostility towards the mainstream media, or do you think this is something we're stuck with? I think it's something we're stuck with, but you know. But but then again, I'm always surprised. Things happen, and and I'm shocked. So so maybe things will turn around. But I I don't see it. I think that uh, this has been ingrained in people now, and certainly you know all the people uh, who who like Trump, which is to say all the Republicans, it's just part of their inner self. That uh, media is is unfair and lies and can't be trusted, and I don't see that going away. And you know, back in the old days when there weren't all these cable stations, and somebody like Walter Cronkite could be 
trusted by everybody, maybe not liked, but, you know, it's the old thing about we used to agree on a certain set of facts, and and now uh, we we don't. I remember somebody talking about belittling the, the mainstream media as being fact-based, and, uh, you know, I just don't know what to even say to things like that. All right. One more question for you, Bill. Since we're talking about changes, have you noticed any changes in that St. Louis attitude over the years? Oh, uh, a a little bit. I think, you know, I got here in 1980 and St. Louis was already on the decline. You know, I guess, you know, population wise, 1950 was the high watermark. But people still they they were still kind of proud of St. Louis. And over the years, I've noticed that, that there are people who take great joy in putting down St. Louis. I mean, when something bad happens, there there are a lot of people who somehow take a thrill in the fact that things are going bad for us. And, you know, and of course, they always, you know, blame whoever their opponents are for things going wrong, like, oh, it's the Democrats again. And I I don't remember this, this strange sort of joy in uh, the failings of the city like, like it is now. I mean, there's a lot of people who relish the things going wrong. And, it, and I'm not sure that that goes on in a lot of other places. Okay, I know what you're thinking. She sure mentioned Donnybrook a lot in a short period of time. What can I say? I'm a fan, and I really like Bill on the show, so it was a pleasure for me to get to speak to him about this issue. I still think this St. Louis attitude, while very accurate, could hurt St. Louis in some ways. But like Bill said, some people just aren't going to care. So you got to work around it, I guess. Meet people where they're at. You may not like the sentiment, but it's valuable information to have. And I'll admit, I've even felt that way myself. When St. Louis is covered on a big national show in some way, I don't know, suddenly when our problems are made public, I get really defensive of the solutions that people suggest because it's not as simple as all that. I can appreciate that they're trying to help and everything, but it's not as easy as those on the outside can make it seem. So sometimes I'll admit I'm in the camp of thanks, we're good. Big thanks to Bill McClellan for making this segment possible. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and on the phone now, I have Peter Allen from The Loading Dock. This is exciting for me, Peter, because I am a Grafton girl. I lived there for the first 22 years of my life, and I've been to The Loading Dock many times. So thanks for joining me on The Rachel Zimmerman Show today. Thanks for having us, Rachel. We're excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about The Loading Dock for people who have never visited before. 
Well, Friday, November 18th was opening day for this will be our eighth season. Uh, we're 30 years at the loading dock, but only eight years with the ice skating rink, which runs November through March. And uh, it's really grown into something special. Very nice. So what made you decide to open a skating rink eight years ago? We were always looking for something to keep things going. The The summer season is always busy. Spring and fall are good. But the winter always died off uh, dramatically. And even though it's still beautiful in Grafton in the winter, it doesn't attract as much tourism. And so it was actually my dad's idea to get something going in the winter. And I was the guy that said it would never work, honestly, but uh, it's taken off quite well. So I'm curious, how do you even approach building an ice skating rink every winter? Well, we're not construction people, so we've kind of learned on the go. But uh, the last flea market of the year is the last weekend of October. So that following Monday, we start building the ice rink. It involves rolling out coils, and it's cooled with a glycol system, building the walls. Uh, It's probably about half the size, a little bigger than half the size of a standard hockey rink. And uh, it's just all about families and kids. The kids seem to love it. And the the parents don't hate it because there's a bar that can sit there and watch the kids skate. We have overhead heaters in this, the big historic boat works building. And it's uh, decorated for the, for the, uh, for this time of year, very festive. And people can rent it out for private parties if they want, right? That's right. That's become really uh, popular uh, corporate events and just private family events. You can rent it for two and a half hours. Uh, pretty much anytime we're closed, you can pick those that a time slot and we will accommodate you. So tell me a also, little. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, we also have private event. With, that's a private event for the whole place. But a lot of our uh, birthday and holiday parties involve heated tents and it comes with a uh, with a full slew of skaters and pizza and s'mores and you get that heated tent for two hours, which is kind of a home base. Then the, uh, it's popular with birthday parties. Very nice. So tell me a little bit about the loading dock aside from the ice rink, what you guys do during the summertime and what people can expect. Well, loading dock, really, we got started in 1994 after the great flood of 93. Uh, it's a family run operation. My sister, my parents, uh, we're all involved, and uh, it's all about life on the river and one of the prettiest places on the river. A lot of places you can see the water, but you're not on it. We are literally, literally right on the water, which is, you know, floods can create a problem, but uh, it's worth the risk being right on the water. It's, uh, it's a beautiful spot. Yeah, I can definitely speak to the view. There is really nothing like it. It feels like you're in a vacation spot whenever you go visit Grafton and go to the loading dock and sit on the river like that. Um, Tell me a little bit about the flea markets that you guys hold. The Riverside Flea Market was started by my mom, Trudy Allen, and three of her friends. Uh, Basically, the Boatworks is about a 40,000-square-foot old warehouse that used to be a boat factory. Um, And also, always thinking that when the weather was bad, in the 90s, uh, people didn't come to Grafton either. So we were saying, well, if it's a rainy day, we need something to draw people up here. And so they, just the three of them, started a big garage sale, and that would started bringing a trail of people in. And we learned quickly that on, on bad weather days, it would it would draw a crowd. And since then, it's grown into she has 60 vendors, a waiting list to get in. Uh, it really draws thousands of people. 
Really cool. All right, back to the ice skating rink. If people want to bring the family up, is it is it a good idea to call in advance and make a reservation, or generally can people walk in and get on the rink right away? Nope, no reservations required. We have over 300 pairs of skates. We've never run out of skates. Uh, it's big enough that that there's plenty of elbow room and uh, lots of seating too. We have overhead heaters for those cold days. Uh, uh, lots of games to play. We've got bags and pinball and stuff for the kids to do also the restaurant is open as well so you can go out to the restaurant which we have the doors down if it's cold and it's just a normal thing out there it's it's still pretty in the winter the eagles are getting ready to come back um grafton itself has some events coming up santa con is a big uh event which is just a big pub crawl on december 9th and they always end at the loading dock for a big photo op uh, last year, there was over 600, 600 people dressed as Santa in the picture, which is fun. Uh, December 16th is the Christmas parade. They start at one end of town and end at the loading dock, so that's always fun, too. Uh, Peter, can people follow the loading dock on social media or your website? Yep, we're certainly on Facebook and uh, graftonloadingdock.com for everything you need to know. Peter Allen, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Rachel. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Rachel Zimmerman Show on KMOX. I really appreciate everybody who listens to the show. It makes me feel so good whenever you reach out and let me know that you liked a segment or dislike a segment. I just like to know, you know, I'm interested in your feedback. Um, You can reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at Rachel ZSTL. Let me know what's going on. Do you like the interviews? Do you like when it's just me talking? Do you like when we're talking about a community event like we're about to do with Steve Turner in the next segment? Um... Yeah, I'm just curious to know your thoughts, what's working, what isn't. And we're on this journey together on KMOX, and I'm so grateful to be here. And, yeah, thank you guys. Let's do uh, a couple of holiday stories here. (laughs) I love this story. Americans are expected to put on eight pounds between Thanksgiving and the end of 2023 as they, quote, write off the end of the year. Oh, my goodness. I feel like we've all been here before where you have all these hopes and dreams for your winter diet or whatever you're trying to do, weight loss goals. (laughs) And then Thanksgiving hits and you're like, oh, man, there's too much food around me. I'm just going (laughs) to I'll pick it back up in January. So three quarters of Americans are planning to enjoy the end of the year and not worry about their diet. That's up significantly from last year, according to a new survey. Um, Results reveal that 72% of the 2,000 Americans surveyed this year want to make the most of the rest of 2023, regardless of what it means for their diet, compared to 54% in last year's survey. Um, So this is the writing off the end of the year survey. So they do this every year. And uh, these respondents expect to gain eight pounds before January 1st compared to just five and a half pounds last year. So, hey, at least we're beating our records last year. In fact, 50 percent of respondents admit to have eaten so much during end of year season that they've had to undo a button on their pants or loosen a belt been there. And 35 percent have eaten until they felt sick or full to bursting. Respondents say the holidays lead them to eating more than three meals in a day or more than one dessert at a meal. And many have eaten more than one of the same meals in a day. Man, I've done all of this so many times. The holiday season, I don't know, just the temptation is there. And especially the more than one dessert at a meal. I mean, when you're faced with the big 
table of like pies and cakes and Christmas cookies. Christmas cookies are my kryptonite on this earth. I I cannot eat just one. I cannot eat just two. I'll eat 10 on a good day. I mean, it can get worse than that. And it's just impossible to stop once you start. So this was a survey commissioned by Herbalife and conducted by one poll. Results also show that two thirds of respondents use the end of the year to postpone being, quote, healthy. And 72% of respondents admit to have broken a diet at the end of the year, mostly due to the temptation of holiday food. When it comes to gaining weight, 78% of respondents admit they gained weight last year, and 38% are still carrying some of those extra holiday pounds from 2022. All I got to say is don't beat yourself up. It's It happens to everybody. We all have, not all of us, I mean, there are plenty of people who I, you know, I'm sure don't have weight loss goals, and that's totally valid. Uh, but this does get to be the time where you're like, I'm feeling a little fluffy. I'm going to cut back. Then you hit the holiday season and it kind of sets you back. But once January hits, we can all try to be good. That's what I'm telling myself anyway. Okay, another holiday story here. U.S. airports broke a record this past weekend. A record of more than 2.9 million ticket holders went through security at the USA's airports on Sunday. The TSA announced uh, that the figure marked the busiest day of air travel in U.S. history. And it came despite a cross-country storm that brought up to eight inches of snow to the Midwest and rain to the Northeast. So that's pretty impressive, especially when you, you think about all of these troubles that airlines have had in the past couple of years with weather especially and they have these delays and people aren't able to get where they need to go and it's like you hear these terrible stories of I spent three days sleeping on the floor of the airport because I had nowhere to go it's really impressive that they had their busiest day of air travel ever and you didn't see stories like that coming out so good for the TSA and for the airlines Uh, some 5.3 million people boarded flights in the U.S. in the two days before Thanksgiving this year This is a sad story. A turkey fryer blew up a home in California. A propane tank fueling the fryer blew up, and the explosion was so strong it blew out the windows in the back of their house. So later investigators came, and it turns out that the person cooking the turkey fell asleep and left the boiling oil in their turkey fryer unattended. Well, that'll do it. The fire caused around $150,000 in damage, but nobody was seriously hurt. And apparently unattended cooking is one of the leading causes of home fires, especially during the holiday season. Okay, I have a story about that that I'll tell in a second as far as home fires in the holiday season. But these turkey fryers, they kind of freak me out a little bit. My uncle deep fries turkeys, and he does a great job. But you just see all these instances of... You know, people take the frozen turkey and they put it in the boiling oil and then there's an explosion. Then you hear about these people that fell asleep and left the boiling oil unattended. I mean, it's risky. You got to have your head on a swivel if that's the way you're going to prepare your turkey. So be careful out there, everybody. Okay, I said I would tell you this story about a home fire. So, oh gosh, three or four years ago, holiday season, I did up my mantle place in my apartment with ribbons and candles and little Christmas trees, and I was so proud of it. And I had the candle too close to one of the ribbons. We'll put it that way. And I it caught on fire. And I didn't realize it until I, I was across the room. I was actually taking out the trash. I had my back to the the fire that was starting, and I almost just went out the back door 
to take the trash out to the dumpster. But for some reason, I looked over my shoulder and I see my Christmas decorations catch on fire. And I freaked out, obviously. Um, I immediately, like, I had one of those big, like, blender bottles that people use to make protein shakes and stuff. I filled that up with water and ran over and doused the fire, doused the fire. I'm just running back and forth from my mantle place to my sink, just trying to put this fire out because it's, you know, it's a fire. It's spreading immediately. And I'm also, you know, in my other hand, I'm trying to call the fire department, got them on the phone right as I put the fire out. Oh my goodness, you guys, it was so scary and so stressful. And I felt so dumb because I had a a candle burning next to flammable things and it was 100% my fault. I just felt so stupid. It was one of the scariest things ever. Fire department still ended up coming, even though I told them the fire was out. They just had to check and make sure everything was cool. But the best part of the story is St. Louis Fire Department is so great. They came in, they look around, they're like, yep, candle fire, and they, they left. I guess they're just used to this happening because at the holiday season especially, people leave candles burning. They leave their uh, boiling oil unattended while the turkey is frying. I mean, we just make so many mistakes this time of year, and we have to be more careful, people. So one more holiday story here. A family turned on a 50,000 light display in New Jersey. I absolutely love this. Um, So the guy who does it is an electrician and spends close to six months getting the display ready. They also have toys for tots bins at the display and collect over 10 boxes of toys. They collected over 10 boxes of toys last year to donate. And they keep the lights on display throughout the holiday season until 10 p.m. daily. I think that's so cool. Uh, Let me know where you like to go look at lights in the St. Louis area because I'll go check out a couple this holiday season. Uh, I know Candy Cane Lane is a big one in St. Louis, but I'd like to hear, like, are there any little gems that I've never heard of before? Okay, one more story here. This isn't holiday related. This is just 2023 in a nutshell, I think. This is a study that says employees are more dissatisfied than they were in the thick of the pandemic, which is so interesting to me, to be less satisfied with your job now than you were in early 2020 when all of this crazy stuff was happening. Here are the top reasons people say they hate their jobs in 2023. They're bored. They feel unrecognized. They don't feel passionate. The company's values no longer align with theirs. They're suffering from burnout. They feel underpaid. Work environment is dreadful. Someone's giving you a hard time at work. Commute is too long. And the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. I heard that. Um, I'm really interested to see how this is going to play out because I feel like last year, the year before, was the time where everyone was quitting. People were quitting in mass and going to different jobs. And then you kind of saw the regret set in. And people would say, oh, I wish I would have stayed at my previous job. The grass wasn't necessarily greener, to go back to that phrase. I just feel like we're in such an interesting time right now with labor. You know, employees have a lot of power. They have a lot of negotiating power right now. It seems so anyway, because it's hard to get people to feel these positions. And yet, people are feeling more dissatisfied than they were three years ago. So it's going to be interesting to see how these trends play out over time and what's going to happen in 2024. All right, guys, thanks for listening to The Rachel Zimmerman Show. When we come back, we'll talk to Steve Turner about this Hanukkah celebration that's happening on Tuesday night at the Barnes & Noble next to the Ledoux Schnucks. You're listening to The Rachel Zimmerman Show on KMOX. 
On the phone now, I have Steve Turner. He's going to tell us about this Hanukkah event at the Barnes & Noble next to the, the Ladouche Nooks on December 5th from 6 to 7 p.m. Steve, thank you so much for joining me tonight on the Rachel Zimmerman Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. We're, we're excited, and it's, believe it or not, another year and another Hanukkah celebration. So before we talk about the event, uh, tell us a little bit about the background of Hanukkah. Yeah, Hanukkah goes back, believe it or not, to about 165 BCE when Antichius of the Seleucids, <laughs> and get all this right, um, tried to impose Hellenism upon the Jews, and uh, the Jews fought back trying to preserve the Jewish religion. So a Jewish priest, Metatheus, took to the mountains in rebellion with his kids and did a guerrilla warfare kind of approach. And his son, Judah Maccabee, who's famous in Jewish literature, uh, came in and they overthrew the Seleucid armies and restored the Temple of Jer Jerusalem. And what happened was it became the Jewish Festival of Lights, or what we call Hanukkah now, because there was one candle left with oil to burn for one night. But the miracle was it lasted for eight nights so the Jews could get in there, do the fighting that they needed to do, and reclaim the temple. So that's why we celebrate Hanukkah, the reclaiming of the temple uh, before Christ. And Judah Maccabee is the, is the man, they say, in Jewish literature for getting all this done with his younger brothers and getting the independence back of uh, Judea. Well, thanks for setting the, the stage for us. So Hanukkah 2023 starts on December 7th this year. Is that right? That is correct. And it runs eight nights. And each night uh, the children may get a present from their parents, or they should. <laughs> and we light a candle each night to signify the miracle of the lights. And so there are eight candles, and it lasts for eight evenings. And you light a different candle each night until all are lit, and that will occur at the end of the holiday. So tying this back into our event, December 5th, we're going to be inside Barnes & Noble at Schnucks Ledoux Crossing. It starts at 6. And this is actually around our 28th version of this. We've wow. been doing this for a while. And, yeah, we have a lot of fun, and we get a really good turnout. And kids come from all over for this. Um, we're going to have... H.F. Epstein Hebrew Academy, again, is kind of our partner with this. Their head of school, Rabbi Shmuel Miller, will be emceeing the event. And he's a good singer, and he'll be leading the group in Hanukkah songs. And we'll also have Hanukkah storytelling with master educator Jackie Oppenheimer. And also STEAM activities for the kids, where they will make different things out of paper and, and do some coloring and stuff like that. So all that's going to take place on December 5th, Tuesday night, at Barnes & Noble Booksellers in Ladue. And you guys teamed up with a lot of businesses in that area to make this happen. Is that correct? Yes, we do. Um, it's provided really by the merchants of Schnucks Ladue Crossing Shopping Center, which is Schnucks Barnes & Noble, Cobblestone, Crown Optical, Great Clips, European Wax Center, Globe Cleaners, Golf Tech, <laughs> and the whole cast of characters there. And it's really hosted by the Desco Group, who is the property manager and developer of the shopping center. And they've kind of been a really good partner over the years. And they want to do something to honor uh, Hanukkah and the Jewish community in St. Louis. 
And this is one great way for them to give back. And so Schnucks and, and the Desco Group are great partners, and they open the doors at Barnes & Noble, and it's just a great event, and the people at Barnes & Noble go all out to kind of get the store ready for an extra, oh, I don't know, maybe 100 people <laughs> that come in on an evening <laughs> and kind of clear out some shelves and do some other things to get ready for the crowd. So we're really in debt to Barnes & Noble and Ledoux for this as well. Steve, how many people do you have come in typically, if you have a way of knowing this, that don't usually celebrate Hanukkah, but they're just there to learn? Yeah, we usually get, um, you know, you may get a, uh, five to a dozen people that just come in and say, oh, I didn't know anything about this. I heard about it. I just wanted to come in and see what Hanukkah was all about. And so, yes, we do get those. And uh, they like to watch everything. And, and I think it's kind of an education for them as well. And they leave with, uh, with gifts, too. We will have chocolate, what we call Hanukkah Gelt, the gold coins, we give those out to everybody in attendance. We'll have Hanukkah candles for those that need them to light their menorahs at home. And uh, we also have um, some other goodies, some dreidels for all the kids so they could uh, use the dreidels to play, play with a little gambling game that we have, and uh, they can have some fun with that. So there's lots going on and a lot of free prizes, and the best part of it is it's just free. All you have to do is show up at Barnes & Noble at Ledoux at 6 o'clock Tuesday night, and you can have some fun. Well, Steve, I wish you guys the best of luck. It sounds like an amazing event, and thanks for coming on the Rachel Zimmerman Show. Yeah, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.